Hey, welcome. It's good to see you guys again. For those of you that know me, I am James. For those of you who don't know me, I am James Boley. Um, my wife and I are the directors of SEMO Chi Alpha. She is very much equal with me on our directorship. She does as much work or more that I do. So uh, please do not ever forget that. Uh, <laughs> during feed one month, you better believe she's doing more than I am. So let me just tell you, I have a snooze button on my, not a button, but uh, the, the is, do I have cash app? See, I don't even know. I have Venmo, all right? So I have Venmo. I don't use it. I don't know how to use it, okay? But I have it snoozed so it doesn't pop up every, like, two minutes when a billion people are giving, which is awesome. Uh, but I know as I scroll through there, I'm like, wow, Kim is keeping record of all this stuff, and I just have to look at it. Like, I have to click on it so the notification goes away. That's all I have to do. So we know Kim is doing a lot of work. So, Kim, I appreciate you so very much. I would not have any clue how to do any of this without you. So, oh, and... And, and the Instagram stuff that looks cool and everything like that, that's her fault. So, good job. So, hey, we have this little saying in Chi Alpha, because we love you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. First Thessalonians 2.8. You guys are great. Wow. The acoustics in this room are so much better than any of the other rooms that we've ever been in. Because before, like, people would say it with me. I'd be like, hey, they're saying it. And right now I'm like, Oh, wow. It's like they're yelling, but this is great. Cool. So you guys have been doing great with Feed One Month. Thank you very much for, for all the things that you're doing to feed kids, all right, to help them have not only a future but an eternity. Um, so we appreciate that. You guys are killing it. Good, do a good job. Um, I would say this. I'm challenging you this. Don't forget Feed One Month does not end when you leave SEMO campus, okay? If you feel like you're, you're talking to somebody back home and it comes up what you've been doing at college. They've seen some crazy dunk booth that you've been in or something like that. Do feel free to share that because I'm not going to lie. CMO Chi Alpha will take money from anywhere so we can give you to feeding kids. All right. Uh, so we, we have had a couple of churches in the past that have been like, hey, we want to give. And it's like, oh, yes, yes, you can give. We, we will always take your money. So we, we like that. Give it to the children. So, um. Have you guys ever noticed that your heart tends to follow what you end up doing a lot? So with Feed, Mon Feed One Month, when we started talking about it, and you didn't know what it was, right, it didn't really do anything for you. You saw the videos, and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I kind of feel something about that. And then you started planning events. You started carrying out the events. You started getting dunked in the dunk tank over again. Now you put some skin in the game, and now you start to like it a little bit. Now you're starting to actually work for it a little bit more. You care about what we're doing in this. Do you see this? So when we do stuff, our heart tends to follow what we do. It's kind of like uh, when you're dating somebody, right, and you spend a lot of time with them. You find that you like them a lot more usually, unless they're kind of unpleasant, and then you like them a lot less. But do you see that? The more time you spend with somebody, the more you tend to like them, okay? So uh, I, have, I have this kind of a analogy that I want to carry on a little bit. Um, there is this place, this city, when I was growing up as a small child and a baseball fan, 
Um, and whenever we would play this city, I would get disgusted because they were really good. And at that time, we were not. Uh, the Atlanta Braves were just a team I did not like to play against. I, I never, never liked it when the Cardinals were playing against the Braves. My dad was always grumpy that night. Um, they were always good. They had these pitchers that were awesome. Um, so I didn't really like Atlanta, right? And then all of a sudden, uh, we, we came down here to SEMO, and we needed a kind of a U.S. mission trip. And this opportunity opened up for us to go to Atlanta to work with this. Um, uh, they had a different name at the time, but it's called Frontline what now? Respond, response? They changed their name, and I haven't been back since, and I, I keep calling it the old thing, and I'm trying not to, but I'm bad. So anyway, uh, it's this inner city outreach. They work with poverty. They work with people that are in sex trafficking. They work with homeless. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. These are not things that I've ever done anything about. A good person would care about these things. And it's not that I didn't. It's just that I didn't really have this, like, major uh, compassion for any of this stuff. Like, I see a homeless person. I'm like, oh, that's sad. And I keep on going, all right? So, like, for me, what happened when I went on this trip the first time is I went, and I went knowing, hey, you know what? This is a great experience uh, for my students to see a side of life that they may not be aware of. Um, and it rocked my world uh, because I got there and I realized, oh, wow, like I really did not have any idea about the stuff that is going on uh, in some of these realms of the world. I didn't realize how many of these things touch each other, how many of these things kind of are c interconnected. Um, and honestly, it it really it was really like almost a, a moment of, of shame for me that I realized how much I really didn't care about these people that were hurting and in a, in a really bad place. Um, so what we find, I think, a lot of times is that when we get into these situations where we, we see people hurting or we see people in a situation that is, is pretty dire, um, sometimes we just we feel like we're not good enough to do anything about it, right? And then sometimes we feel like, you know, well, okay, it maybe not isn't a, a situation where I'm not good enough, but maybe, like, I just don't have the skills that I need to do anything about this. And then I think we have to be honest with ourselves sometimes. Really, we just don't want to be involved. I don't want to get my hands dirty, right? I don't want to stand next to the smelly guy that's been living on the streets for however long and have to talk to him and try to figure out, okay, is he lucid right now? Is he on something? Or is this how bad his life actually is? Like, which one of these things is true? And I think really sometimes, honestly, we just really want somebody else to do something about it. We do not want to be the person that, that has to get involved. And I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think that there is wisdom in understanding when you're out of your element. There's wisdom in understanding that sometimes you do need to know more to do stuff. And I think there's also wisdom in being able to say, no, I actually kind of need to have an experience with this thing or be around this thing in order to know how to do anything about it, right? You come in as a learner. You come in as a servant rather than I come in as the expert. I come in with the person that has the ability to solve all these problems. 
In Chi Alpha, we have this saying, okay? It's, it's, uh, it's our missions motto. In Chi Alpha, we are a missions movement, okay? We believe that the reason that we exist is to be a part of Jesus' mission, okay? That is the reason, honestly, churches should exist. That is the whole purpose of the church is to be a part of the mission that Jesus had to bring the gospel to all people, to bring good news to people, right? That was why Jesus gave his disciples a lot of responsibility. He said, you're to go out and be this thing, we eventually called it the church, okay? And you're going to take the good news everywhere, right? This is why we exist. We exist to take this good news everywhere. This is what we are supposed to do, right? In, in Chi Alpha, we have this saying, every student goes, every student gives, every student prays, and every student welcomes. Hey, some of you remembered that. Good. You will be tested on this later on in life, um, so make sure you, this is one of the things that you will probably need to try to remember. I'm being completely serious at some point, all right? If you're in Chi Alpha, there will be days like this that I will mention that, and if it's not me, someone else may be like, hey, do you know the mission's motto? And you'll be like, uh, and if you get one of the words out, one of the four, you're in a good place, okay? So praise, always a good one, right? Goes, right? But if you say go and you're not planning on going, <laughs> not really, no. All right, let's get on track. Okay, so why... Why are these the things that are a part of our missions motto? Well, believe it or not, Jesus actually sets this up for us. Um, so we're going to look at Luke 10. I know all semester we've been in Matthew, and I'm jumping to Luke. I'm really sorry, uh, but this is what happened, so I had to just go with it. Um, okay, Luke 10. So in Luke 10, we will, we will start looking at the beginning of Luke 10, verse 1. Uh, but first I want to set this up for you, okay? In Luke 8, all right, just kind of, helping to tell the story a little bit. Luke is telling this story to help us to have an understanding of who Jesus is and what he's all about, okay? So Luke is telling the story, and, and we realize that Luke is trying to be very historical, okay? He's the, he's the guy that writes the gospel. It's being trying to be extremely accurate. So we're not 100% sure that the timeline is all 100% perfect, but it's pretty close, okay? So Luke is telling this timeline, and he says in, in Luke uh, chapter 8 that Jesus goes out and he heals a bunch of people and he's encountered with people that are demon possessed and he casts out the demons um, and then in Luke 9 uh, Jesus brings the 12 disciples together uh, what's another word for disciple do you know learner what what are the disciples called in a very formal setting apostles do you know what that means what Messenger sent one. Very good. It's it's almost like Christ ambassadors because the word that we actually use for ambassador is apostoli. Um, so it's apostle. Uh, so they're they're kind of intermingled. It's basically sent one. So Jesus brings together the twelve and then he does what with them? He sends them out. Yeah, very good. I'm glad you're following me tonight. Okay. 
So he sends them out on this like first little short-term mission trip, okay? And I would use this as the, the scripture passage that we look at, but it's not as juicy. It just, honestly, it has a couple of things that are not as clearly defined in that passage as this passage does. But he sends them out on a short-term trip, right? So they go on the short-term trip, and they come back, and then he feeds the 5,000. He says, great, huge miracle. And uh, basically, he kind of kicks them in the butt. He says, take up your cross and follow me. And they're like, oh, this sucks. And then, <laughs> and then he takes Peter and James and John, his three kind of like extra tight disciples, right, the core, the inner circle. He takes them up on this mountain, and he's transfigured before them. What does that word mean, James? It means that he's changed, right, into his glorified likeness, right? So basically what happens is Jesus becomes his God self, boom, up on the mountain. And the disciples are like, what is even happening? What is going on? This dude has been a man this whole time, and now he's not a man. He's something else. And this is, this is terrifying. Clouds of fire and voice booming from the heavens and Peter thinks he hears something and he's like oh we should we should build you a house and Jesus is like yeah because I need a house up on this mountain when the voice of God is saying that I am his son no anyway so it's fun you should read it sometime uh, so Jesus in this whole process what what are we what are we seeing in this process is G is Luke is telling the story about how Jesus is revealing his glory to his disciples. He's showing his disciples how good he really is, right? He's telling them, hey, look, this is not going to be easy. You're going to take up your cross. You're going to follow me. But let me show you how good I really am, all right? Until we are moved to the place where we believe Jesus is good and his life destroys death, we will not overcome the issues that overwhelm us. So I want to begin looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 1. He told them, I think it's verse one. Is it verse one or two? Two, my bad, sorry. Uh, he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to go and send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. I like that one, lambs among wolves. The lambs don't usually do very well. Uh, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. I just don't like purses, so I'm glad he told me I don't have to take a purse around. Okay, so uh, thing number one of our missions motto, it, this is not in chronological order. Our missions motto is go, give, pray, and welcome, okay? Uh, I'm actually going to be doing pray, go, give, and welcome, so apologize. But Jesus starts it off in that way, and so I'm going to say it in that way. Uh, Jesus tells us that the harvest is plentiful. Now, this is so beautiful, okay? He takes these 72 people together. Now, notice 72 right? It's not the 12. The 12 have grown. What happened? The 12 went out. They came back. They had more people with them. And then Jesus says, okay, well, I'm going to send more of you out this time. So don't get it confused that missions is for certain people, okay? Missions is inclusive of the people of God. When Jesus is sending people out with missions, Jesus is sending out all people, all right? Now, I will clarify some of these statements in a little bit, so just bear with me, okay? But the harvest is plentiful. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, oh, hey, there's a couple of little things out there for you to get, okay? I went hunting this weekend, and right before I went hunting, I was told that the beans were out in the field. They, they were actually still there. 
They were in the field. I was like, oh, cool. Well, that food, that'll be good. Deer will come in. It'll be great. Well, I get there, and the beans are gone. And I'm like, what happened? What happened to the beans? Oh, well, they came, and they pulled them out today. They, they harvested them. It's like, oh, okay. So I'm walking around, and I'm noticing that there are still little beans kind of all over the field, right? Like in little spaces here and there because the harvester didn't get all of them, okay? But notice that Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, okay? There's a lot of stuff to get. I'm not going to lie. I was a little surprised at how much stuff was still on the ground after I went out there, okay? Now, I've seen it out there before like that, but, but not quite like that. I was... It was either a really good year or the harvester had a hole in it or something like that because it was, just, it was everywhere. Um, but let me just point this out to you guys, that sometimes we think when we're hanging out with people or when we're trying to encourage people, people that don't have faith, we kind of have this mindset that, at least for some Christians, they have the mindset of, oh, people don't really care. They don't really want to know Jesus. And I think sometimes it's very much true. But Jesus doesn't have that mindset. Jesus says the harvest is plentiful. There's a lot of stuff out there that we need to bring in. That there's a lot of valuable people out there that we need to connect with. And he doesn't make it sound like it's going to be easy. But he definitely says that we need more workers. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And then go, I am sending you. So people are waiting. And we have a responsibility to do something about it. And I know I'm touching on a lot of what Mark was saying last week. But one of the things that I think that we need to understand is as students, you have a special time in your life right now, if you are a follower of Jesus, that you can do something that can be instrumental in the lives of people all around the world. That this idea of praying for workers, maybe you are not called to be a full-time missionary, okay? I don't really believe most of you are, okay? But man, your prayers can be so powerful for that full-time missionary or that full-time minister or that missions organization. Pray for workers and pray for people. And then he moves on. He says, go. Now, this is the short-term go, all right? Jesus isn't sending these people out and expecting them to be out and gone forever. He's actually expecting them to come back at a certain time, right? And he was saying that it was going to be hard. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves, okay? So, again, like I said, lambs don't do well with wolves, okay? But he's sending them out in innocence into a world that is not innocent, Okay. This was a time where they were learning to trust Jesus even more, that he was as good as he said he was and that they could trust him. He was sending them out with a purpose. He was asking them to stay on track. Now, what it says is uh, don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. Don't greet anybody on the road. It sounds kind of odd because he's sending people to people, but he's then telling them not to talk to people, right? So can I just help us out, all right? Um, if you're walking to class and you need to get to class and you see one of your buddies and your buddies stops and you know, oh, my gosh, Jake is going to talk to me and Jake can talk. And if I don't stop him, Jake will talk. 
and I got to get to class. I'm going to be late, right? So if you stop, you're done. He's got you. He's not going to let you go, all right? He's going to give you a hug. You're going to be stuck there for a while, right? But if you're kind of like, what's up, Jake? You put your earbud back in, you keep going, all right? You're going to probably be able to get to class a lot better and a lot more on time than if you stayed and talked, okay? Do we get that? Now, I'm sorry that was a little rude, but this is the kind of concept that Jesus is saying. Jesus giving them an assignment, I need you to go to this town. Sarah, I need you to go to this town. Okay, Sarah's like, cool, I got this. So Sarah starts to go to the town, and she sees people along the way, but she knows that the goal is still to get to the town. So she's not getting distracted on the way. And this is something I think all of us are very much easily guilty of. You know, you've got something that you're trying to do. You've got a homework assignment or something you're working on, and you start scrolling through Insta or whatever, and all of a sudden you've watched 50 reels later, and you're like, oh, my. I, I have an assignment due in 30 minutes, and I haven't started because two hours ago, or however, I don't know how long it takes to go through 50 reels. But anyway, all that to be said, we can get distracted very easily when we're trying to do something well, right? Jesus is telling them not to get distracted, all right? All right, moving on. When you enter a house, first say to the house, peace to be to this house. If, if someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker is worth their wages. All right, so this kind of talks about our giving, okay? Um, from the concept of the person that is the worker, they are receiving whatever has been given, right? The worker is being given stuff. The person that went, the, the goer, is receiving the hospitality of the person that is there, right? Right. All right, so here's the deal. A lot of times... We have to look at it this way. We got to look at the fact that um, when when we think about nonprofits, like Boy Scouts or something like that, how do how does the Boy Scouts run? The Boy Scouts has people that like the Boy Scouts that give it money, and then they're able to use that to fund themselves. Okay, most nonprofits work that way. The uh, uh, Cancer Society of America works that way, right? They run off donations. And long ago, God created the church or the temple, however you want to say it. If it's the Old Testament, it's the temple. And he created a system where the people that are being served by the priests were given money so the priests could do their thing and they could still, you know, eat. It's kind of a big thing, you know, to eat and stuff. So in the same way, these short-term missionary people, they were given they didn't take their purse, right, because it didn't match their sandals or something. And they didn't take a bag. They went quickly so that they could do what they needed to do, and they were going to accept the hospitality of whoever, whatever they were given, okay? This is how we do short-term mission trips. We do short-term mission trips to simulate what a long-term missionary is going to do in the field. A long-term missionary from our organization— is going to say, I want people that believe in what I'm doing, believe in me, and believe in the situation that I'm, I'm trying to help or, or work with. I want people to partner with me in that. 
And those people will give money monthly so that missionary can stay on the field, do whatever they're doing. Okay, that's how Kim and I do our job. That's how the staff does their job. Um, this is what we do. It's how the world missionaries, uh, Mark, that was in here the other day, it's how they do their job. Okay, they have people that believe in them, that believe in their cause, and they give to that. All right. So we in Chi Alpha simulate that by having our people that are going on mission trips raise support. You will put together a little form letter that, that we've kind of worked up for you so you don't have to work very hard. It's not like you have to write a paper or anything like that. We'll give you the form letter. You will take the form letter. You'll modify it a little bit, make it your own, make it sound like you, and then you'll send this out to some people. And to be completely honest with you, most of the time, when you do this, if you do it the right way, you do it with a good heart, good intention, you follow all the little steps that we're going to line out for you, most of the time, people raise their support, they're able to go on these trips, right? This is the aspect of giving that we're trying to teach, that you learn best by doing, and then one day, you can join in as a people of the church, a people that believe in missions, you can join in and you can give to another missions organization, whichever one you choose, and you can help them do what God is calling them to do. All right. When you enter a town and you're welcomed, eat whatever is put before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. But when you enter a town and you're not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust on your, uh, of your own town, we wipe off as a warning against you. Yet, be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you the truth, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah than it is, or just Sodom, sorry, than it is for this town. Okay, so this passage kind of ends on a low note, but it starts off on a high note. Hospitality wins people to Jesus. This is not just about receiving, eat whatever is set before you. This is a really critical aspect, okay? Can I just point this out to you? We've got a lot of people uh, in this world that are picky eaters, okay? A lot of people in our uh, maybe society as America are, are picky eaters, okay? Can I just tell you, international food is great, all right? Maybe not every little single thing is great, but a lot of international food is really good, and sometimes we give it a really bad rap, all right? And that is really rude, okay? I'm going to be honest with you. If you think about it, all right, uh, how many of you guys have grandmas that can cook? All right. So you just went to grandma's house. All right. Now, here's the thing. My grandma, she could cook really well. We were just talking about this this weekend. Grandma could cook fried chicken like crazy. It was so good. And then she started to get a little older. And when grandma got a little older, okay, uh, she lost her, like, sense of smell a little bit. And then she couldn't taste right. And so her sweet tea wasn't sweet anymore. And her fried chicken wasn't salty anymore because she didn't use enough salt or it was too salty. All right. Because some <laughs> there was one time we were eating it and she kind of took a bite. and She goes, that's not quite right, is it? And we were like, no, Grandma, it's a little salty. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she was so embarrassed. All right. Can I just be honest with you? If she had not said anything, I would have eaten that food and drank so much of that not sweet, sweet tea, all right, because I was not going to be rude to my grandma, okay? This is the situation as a 
person that is serving other people, if you were offered something in the context of missions, if you've, if you've gone to Atlanta, all right, and you're in the cafeteria of, of uh, Frontline, right, and they have this, like, little food bar over here, and you walk over to the food bar that they've set before you for your lunch, and you grab it, and you open it up, and all of a sudden, these spring rolls are a little moldy, all right? Because that can happen sometimes. They have donated food. But, uh-oh, these are a little moldy. What are you going to do? You're not going to hold it up and be like, I got a moldy one here. No, you're going to be respectful, and you're going to say, hmm, I'm going to throw it away. We'll go get something else, all right? We're going to be respectful. And you better believe, when I was in Japan, and I was offered food, I ate every little thing. They offered me natto. Natto was not not nice. <laughs> not nice. Fermented soybeans. And they're stringy, so you grab them with your, your chopsticks and you pull them out, and it's like it's like there's syrup that comes off of them. Like you know how you pull cheese and cheese off a of pizza kind of strings? It does that, but it's soybeans. It's like one of the three things I didn't like when I was there. I ate it. I did not like it. But I ate it because it would have been rude to not eat it. All right? Hospitality wins people to Jesus. Compassion softens hearts. Here's the deal. The other thing with this, the message, there were two different responses people had. Okay? The two different responses were, hey, I'm a person of peace. Come hang out with me, and we can talk. And the other option was, no, no, we don't want you here. Go away, right? And there are going to be those two different responses. People will welcome you and people will not. They will reject you, okay? The response is the same, all right? Over time, Christians have kind of done some stupid things from time to time because Christians are people and people are stupid, all right? Not because they're Christians, but because they're people, all right? If you're a true follower of Jesus, all right, Hopefully, you're going to do things right. You're never going to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes. Okay? But here's the deal. The message is always the same. Jesus came for you. Whether you want him to have come for you or not, he did. He loves you dearly. And he sent me to talk to you because he wants you to know him. Okay? The message is always the same. All right, I need to start wrapping up. I've gone a little long. So what? Okay, so what does this mean? All right, the word missions in some contexts and some places has a negative connotation. And I've actually, and I'm irritated by this, I, I've, I've had certain groups that I've seen are really dogging on short-term mission trips. There are certain groups that don't like short-term mission trips anymore. And to an extent, okay, like I said, missions... There have been bad things done in the name of Jesus before, okay? Is that Jesus' fault? I wouldn't say so, no. I would say it's a people thing, okay? You know, if, uh, um, no, I'm going to skip the analogy, sorry. Cut to the chase. Short-term mission teams. Here's the deal, guys. There are people that are going to have bad attitudes, and they're going to go to and do things for wrong reasons, you cannot let people that are doing things for wrong reasons make the thing that they're doing wrong, okay? Doing something out of love, just because someone else did it wrong, 
and you're doing it out of love doesn't mean you stop doing the thing out of love. Okay? So what I would say in this situation is as we grow closer to Jesus, oh, I'm sorry, let me back up. I would say that the issues that people have, rightly so, with missions is more the fault of people that were going and they were going not out of a place of love or wisdom or service. When we go on a mission trip, okay, hear me out. If you sign up for one of these mission trips that we're going to go on later, if you're going to do a Christian vacation, you're going for the wrong reasons, and I don't want you to go, okay? I do believe every student should go. Why? Because it changes your mindset. It gets you out of your little bubble, and it puts you into a new place, into a new reality, and gives you new perspective. We all need new perspective. We cannot understand our world just by standing in the place that we are, always looking at it from the same point of view. we got to get to a different place so we can see it from a different perspective. Because I promise you, when you're on the streets of Atlanta and you're talking to this homeless guy, and you know your job is to talk to this homeless guy, suddenly the world becomes a lot different. You see it with different eyes. And all of a sudden, you're going to start caring a little bit more about people you probably never cared about before, okay? As we grow closer to Christ, we love him more, and we must follow him closer to his heart. What is his heart? His heart is the heart of missions. Uh, Last week, Mark talked a little bit about how Jesus is a missional God, okay? So I just want to say that in a little different language. Jesus came, he left the place that he was, and he went to a people that didn't know him so they could know him better. He got out of his own comfort zone, and he went somewhere else to help somebody else in a way that only he could do it, okay? This is what we are asking for you to do when we're asking you to partner with missions, okay? Now, partnering with missions does not always have to be going, I will talk about going for a little bit. You are not all called to be a world missionary. You are not all called to be a full-time vocational missionary. Okay? Let me just make sure that's totally clear. Everybody is called, every Christian is called to make disciples. Not every Christian is called to go. Okay? But here's the other thing. You are free right now to do so much more than you will be the rest of your life. All right? I'm, I'm not dogging marriage and kids i love my wife i love my marriage i love my kids it is wonderful i wouldn't trade it for anything but when i was single i could do a lot more and i didn't have to check with my wife hey can i go on this mission trip okay i didn't have to call my boss and be like hey can i take five days off or ten days off to go to atlanta all right you are at a point right now you will never have this opportunity again to drop everything over a certain period of time for a week or two and go somewhere else and experience a different world in a way that you will never get to do again, okay? Because I guarantee you, you could go to St. Louis and find a homeless dude, but you wouldn't have the resources to deal with him, okay? So this is why when a short-term mission trip, we partner with groups that already have the resources. They know what they're doing. We're going to help them. We don't bring anything important to the table. We are actually, all we're doing is going and we're going to say, hey, we're going to help give you a little bit of money 
so you can keep doing what you're doing and saving people off the street, getting people out of sex trafficking. We're going to give you a little bit of money to do that. And we want to kind of see what you're doing so we can care more about it and we can give more to it later. That's all we're doing. And sometimes we get to talk to people. And sometimes those people we get to talk to, we have a good conversation with, and all of a sudden we get to go and take them to one of the workers that actually knows what they're doing and say, I think you need to talk to this person. And sometimes those people get off the street because of something that we got to be a part of. Okay? Sometimes. But not always. All right? This is why we go. We go so that we can see and we can be a part of something that somebody else is doing that is very good. What do we do? We give. I know this is a sensitive subject, all right? Let me just spell this out real quick. Tithing. Jesus talks about it. It's mandatory. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be tithing. What is tithing? It's giving 10% of your income, okay? Jesus talks about this very clearly. If you have questions about that, I would love to talk to, to you a little bit more about that. Now, the other side of this is missions giving or offering is extra. Feed one giving, extra. You can do whatever you want. And I'm going to be very honest with you, right? It's not mandated that you have to give to missions. But I would say that it's very clearly lined up that Jesus is like, you should, but I'm not going to tell you how much. You really should be involved in this because it'll be good for you. In fact, Paul insinuates that when you give to missions, you're actually being a part of that organization, their fruit becomes your fruit. So, you know, I'm not saying you're going to end up in heaven being like, look at this giant mansion. I don't think that's a good reason to do that. I don't think it's a good reason to give. But I do think that it builds up some really good equity that you need, okay? You don't earn your way into heaven. You don't earn your way into anything in particular. But, man, can I just be honest with you? When God says, good job, well done, and he has a list of two things, that's going to be okay. But when he says, good job, well done, and he has a list of all these things that you don't know about, and you're like, what are those? And he's like, those are the things that you gave to. That's the kid in Feed One that you fed for a year. They went on to do this, okay? So I just would challenge you guys, at some level, to be a part of giving to missions all your life. Pray. Here's the deal. We need to pray for missions over and over and over again, okay? I know it's hard when you don't know, okay? I know it's hard when you're like, okay, Jesus, be with the missionaries. Uh, you, you need to know somebody, okay? And this, honestly, by the going, that's how you start to know some pe people, okay? At our church, we have missionaries that come in every once in a while. You're going to run into one that you're going to be like, ooh, that's kind of cool, all right? When you find something like that, when you find something that excites you, hop on it. And finally, welcome. Hospitality is lost on us. Unfortunately, we are not a very hospitable people um, in America. I would say that everywhere I've been, people are a lot more hospitable than Americans. So we've got a lot to learn. Be nice to people. And people give you things, take it. All right, I need to wrap up. I've gone way long. I'm sorry. So why don't we say the missions motto together? Every student, every student, every student, every student. Very good. Thank you. 
So tonight, what I want to ask you to do is I want to ask us to take a couple of minutes in response. And I want you to think about these four different things. And I want you to say, okay, God, which one of these things do I need to get better at? Maybe I suck at welcoming. How are you going to get better at that? Maybe I suck at praying for missionaries. How are you going to get better at that? I would challenge you if you were like, man, I just don't know any missionaries. Come talk to a staff person. Come talk to a leadership person. We will point you in some directions where you can figure some stuff out. Okay? Going. We're going to be talking tonight about going. So once we get done with response time and I close this out, what I'll do is I'll have a bunch of people move over here. Okay? And so you can go ahead and start doing that as you get finished. Um, and we will uh, have our conversation about mission trips.